Welcome to The World in 10, your daily update from the Times of London on the biggest stories around the world. I'm Stuart Willey. And I'm Rebecca Myers. Today we'll be hearing about a town in France where the policemen have all mysteriously gone off sick, an extraordinary extradition case in Scotland and getting a sneak peek of the future with holograms. Last month, we reported on dramatic scenes of riots in France. And during these riots, four police officers were charged with assaulting a 22-year-old man in Marseille. One of them is still in custody, which has prompted fury among fellow policemen. Now the police are protesting themselves. Police can't legally strike in France, so instead they've sent in thousands of sick notes. Almost 8,000 sick notes have been sent in in the past few days from officers to justify their absence from work. The Times correspondent in France, Adam Sage, says they can get these by video consultations or be signed off by doctors sympathetic to their cause. Yes, and Adam's been in Bézier, a town with a population of about 76,000 and normally 190 officers, where at the weekend there was essentially no police force, as all of them called in sick. Here's Adam on why the police are doing this. Yeah, that seems to have been the straw that broke the camel's back. They are they are absolutely furious about that, that he's been placed in prison with criminals and there's a very, very widespread sense that they faced a lot of violence during these riots. I mean, a lot of them feel that they held the country together um, at a time when shops, schools, police stations themselves um, were being... Were being burnt and an arson attack but i think i think beyond that there is a wider sense in france amongst the police that that, that they're not respected um, by the population at large by the media and by politicians so so i think this has come on top of a pretty general sentiment of exasperation amongst the police so what happens next is there is there a possible solution to this crisis Yes, there absolutely is. There is an important uh, hearing today with the police officer who was remanded in custody is appealing for bail. Police, senior police chiefs, but also the interior minister and President Macron are, I think, crossing their fingers Mm. that the court gives him bail and, and, and that will no doubt bring a measure of calm to this situation. An officer will go back then, but if they don't, if he's, if he's kept in custody, I think this could go on. It is the sign that there is a rift between France and its police force, really. A judge in Scotland has ruled that an infamous mystery man can be extradited to the United States. This long-running case has had endless twists and turns, including reports that the man faked his own death. Yes, at times the court has been more pantomime than place of justice. The Times reporter Mark Horn has been following this case. I asked him who the mystery man is. This guy was known as Nicholas Aliverdian. Uh, He's known as Nicholas Ross. He had uh, various other pseudonyms. Uh, The US authorities said he was a fugitive from Rhode Island who was accused of serious sexual crimes, uh, two rapes, and one allegation of sexual assault. This individual, the suspect, claimed he was Arthur Knight, an innocent Irish-born academic who had fled from an orphanage, made it to London, and somehow he claims that he has never set foot in the United States. He was arrested after contracting COVID and ending up in a ward in a hospital in Glasgow where he had been living. 
Part of the evidence was that the Interpol notice featured very distinctive tattoos that they said that their suspect, Nicholas Rossi, had. And evidence was given in court that the suspect had almost identical tattoos. And his response to this was that while he was in a COVID coma, he was tattooed against his will by persons unknown uh, in an elaborate attempt to frame him. Uh, that was thrown out by the judge who concluded uh, that he was a liar and a fantasist. Uh, he said he is as dishonest and deceitful as he is evasive and manipulative. Mark says it's now up to the Scottish government ministers to sign off the extradition and he would then be headed to face trial in Utah. And there's a big read on this extraordinary case, all those twists and turns and the many different accents and costumes worn by Nicholas Rossi on the Times app and website now. Here on the newsroom, we're all looking at Washington, D.C., where Donald Trump is denying four charges that he was trying to overturn his defeat in the 2020 election. With me is Susie Jagger, the deputy foreign editor of The Times and The Sunday Times. What can we expect on The Times app and website in the coming hours? In terms of our coverage, uh, we have a live blog, so it's worth logging on to the Times website just to, to follow that from, from now. Also, we have someone in the court uh, who will be sketching it. That'll, that'll be Will Pavia. We also have an analysis that you can read as you're waiting for him to, um, to attend court, which is what the prosecution have to prove and equally the defence. And the gist of it is they have to prove that Trump was basically delusional um, because they, the prosecution have to prove that he had an intent to defraud the US people. We're also doing a piece on Melania um, and his family. Um, Melania did not turn up um, at his hearing in Florida and we're not expecting her to turn up today. Read of that what you will. Um, nor will Ivanka, his daughter, or her husband, Gerard Kushner. Um, there'll be a special piece on the role of Mike Pence, who was then obviously the vice president. He took contemporaneous notes throughout the evening of the um, the election on 2020. And it's whether or not he will deliver any evidence that could prove that Trump knew that he had actually won and therefore um, that his actions were deliberately fraudulent. <laughs> When you mention athletes from Somalia, you might think of the long-distance runner Samo Farah, the star of the 2012 Olympics. He broke records with 10 global championship gold medals. But it's another Somali athlete making headlines this week and breaking a different sort of record. Yes, the new record is for the 100-metre women's sprint, but it's for the slowest ever at an international competition. It wasn't looking promising for Nazra Abakar Ali from the start. She sort of gingerly lowered herself into the blocks. And once the race started, she wasn't even in view of the TV cameras because she was so far behind the other runners. Eventually, she skipped across the finish line, a full 10 seconds behind the winner, from Brazil. And that celebratory skip across the finish line is something worth watching. There's video of this race. It quickly spread across social media in Africa. Since then, the Somali government has suspended their athletics chief, accusing her of abuse of power, nepotism and defaming the name of the nation. There are even some reports the 20-year-old woman is a niece of the now suspended athletics boss. Many of us love watching football or soccer on TV. Whether we're in a bar in Madrid, under a tarpaulin in Nairobi, or just perched on the edge of my couch at home, hours of entertainment. 
And all of those viewers means big money. We pay subscription fees or our cable bills, money that goes to the broadcasters and then to the sports leagues. But criminal gangs are also attracted by that cash. And the Times chief sports reporter Martin Ziegler has been looking into TV piracy. That piracy is costing the broadcasters billions of dollars a year in lost revenue. It involves illegal streams of games or small electronic IPTV boxes to watch the sport. And some people will pay criminals for these streams because it's cheaper than regular subscriptions. Iraqi Kurdistan has become a hub for these criminals, and Martin told us it could destroy the industry. Globally, it's a really serious problem. Being Sport, one of the Premier League's biggest overseas rights partners, yes, described it as a potential industry killer. They are losing, he reckons, a billion dollars a year just in the Middle East and Africa to piracy. The organised networks who um, are basically running these IPTV devices, they uh, they operate as wholesalers. Um, yeah, they often have links to other organised crime, and there was one organisation which was shut down in Italy, which was estimated to have 50 million users across the world. So huge numbers. If an advertising conference in Sydney sounds like a boring setting for a story, bear with us, <laughs> because this conference hosted a speech by William Shatner, a.k.a. Captain Kirk from Star Trek. Except, and this is where this story gets really interesting, he wasn't actually there. He was in a studio in California and appeared in Sydney in a box as a hologram. And he really does look like he's actually there in his full kind of 3D glory. It's, it's amazing. The pictures which are on the Times website now are really quite striking. The new technology has been developed by Los Angeles-based tech company Proto, who say they have the world's first and only holographic communications platform. A demo on Tuesday didn't work, though, leaving the audience with a blank screen. But Shatner's appearance was at least a success. And they chose Shatner, apparently, because, well, holoportation felt very Star Trek. <laughs> That's all for The World in 10 today. We're back tomorrow with much more. <laughs>